Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hi, everyone. Before we get to our live recording at Fanex 2023, I just want you to know there are some technical difficulties that happen during this recording. I've done the best I can to kind of edit it, but I think the content is worth listening to. I hope you enjoy and have a great day. We can't wait to see you live next year for Fanex 2024. What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed, you are powerful. Is in my hand. Fan effect. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, sponsored by Larry H. Miller Megaplex, the best place to see a movie in Utah. This is a special once a year live in public recording of Fan Effect at Fanex 2023, the 10th anniversary. We've had a good time. We're on day three, so there's already been two days of fun. And uh, is there anybody here that's already been here for both days? And this is their third day here. Make yourself loud. <laughs> Surviving off exhaustion. That is awesome. Of course, the volunteers all have their hands raised. Good for you guys. Thank you. We couldn't do it without you. Well, this this episode of Fan Effect, uh, where our podcast, if you're not that familiar with it, uh, we celebrate all things fandoms, and especially the fan culture here in Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a good reason that FanX has such a great reputation among celebrities in Hollywood, and with all the interviews we've done with Dan Farr over the years, he talks about... Uh, you know, they have to turn celebs away mm-hmm. because I got to figure out, okay, well, we got to make sure everybody gets a chance. We got to make sure that, uh, you know, this year there's the most guests they've ever had. I'm just curious, uh, and I'll kind of narrate. You don't have to come up to the mic just yet. Is there more than, even more than you could find time to go get to? <laughs> like if you had to choose, oh, no, I have to pick between someone or someone else because I can only pick one. Has that happened? No. Well, okay, and price is definitely a factor, but if you had unlimited, you still wouldn't have enough time to get to all of them just because there's so much going on. But has everyone had a good experience so far? Awesome. You met your celebrity crush. Okay, we're going to ask you about that later. That's awesome. <laughs> no, but that's good. Actually, that was a question we were going to ask one of the panelists. Uh, those of us who moderated were going to ask maybe our panelists is who was your first celebrity crush? Because I'm curious who Hollywood people had crushes on before they became everybody's celebrity crush. Yeah, my, my husband was a little worried. Oh, sorry. I was a little worried. But he's like, are we still going to be married after this weekend? After we <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I came home and I was like, I love him even more. You're like, that that hand, depends like, on Charlie Cox, honey. <laughs> <laughs> He's happily married. Well, well, with this particular episode, we were really inspired by Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse this year. And one of the cool concepts that they brought up in the movie was canon moments. If you remember seeing the movie, uh, the canon moments in Peter Parker or the different Spider-Verse people from the different uh, areas of the multiverse, each one had a moment that wasn't to be interfered with because it was that moment that helped make them who they are. Uh, you know, for, for the Peter Parker that most of us know, it was the death of his Uncle Ben. That traumatized him, of course, but it was that event that shaped who he became as a superhero after that. He actually changed from being selfish because that was the first thing he did was to try to exploit uh, his power to make some money, which, you know, makes sense for a, an orphan kid who doesn't have much. Uh, but then because of his own inaction, it cost his uncle his life. 
And if if not for that thing to happen, you know, Spider-Man would be a very different superhero or maybe not a superhero at all. And so, uh, you know, for, for Don's favorite, uh, Superman, <laughs> what if he, there's actually been a comic book story? What if he landed in Russia instead of in Kansas and yeah. how different things would play out? Uh, and that reminds me, I should probably introduce who each of us are. <laughs> but, and then we'll get back to um, the, the canon moments. But so I, I'm Andy Farnsworth. Uh, I host the movie show on KSL News Radio from nine to noon on Fridays, and I've hosted the Fan Effect podcast for wow seven years now. That's crazy. That's cool. Uh, I also do traffic on KSL Radio. If you happen to live locally, you may have heard me telling you how to get to work and around crashes and stuff. So that's me. Uh, my big fandoms are Star Wars, Marvel. I really don't have a fandom that I dislike. I just have fandoms that I haven't had time to invest in yet. Uh, like Supernatural has 14 seasons, and I'm not sure if I'll ever start that one just because I don't know if I'll ever finish it. But, you know, Star Wars is big for me, and Marvel are probably my two biggest fandoms. Here's Natalie Molinay. Natalie, tell us about you. All right, guys. My name is Natalie Molinay. Um, I am the writer... I am the writer and creator and ho- I don't know of uh, Nat's Nerd Knowledge. I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and I go on and I talk about characters in shows that are coming up. And right now, I'm, because of the strike, um, a lot of what I'm doing is kind of in- uh, telling about these characters in the MCU who we've been introduced to and how their story may play out in the future of the MCU since the MCU is kind of a a mess at the moment, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, my biggest fandoms are uh, Marvel, obviously, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. I actually love Supernatural. Um, I'm not dissing Supernatural. I'm just saying I haven't had time to get into I'll it. I'll be the Supernatural representative. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are probably my biggest ones. But, yeah, my I, I'm a big nerd. I Andy's the one that brought it out of me. He's the one that gave me the courage to actually expose myself. <laughs> well, she wore Captain America earrings to work one day and she was working at the assignment desk at KSL News and TV. And so I was like, oh, Captain America earrings. And and it just kind of went from there, like fandom talk. And then I was like, you, you were like, well, I don't know. I mean, will they get mad if I wear more fandom stuff here? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't live in the 1980s anymore where people make fun. Well, there's still people that make fun of you, but they're stupid. And now there's way more of us than them. And that's great. Yep. And I still fight that fight, by the way. Yesterday on radio, I'm sorry I started that fight. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It was, you didn't start it. It was just, uh, it was, the thing that I want to fight is, look, you don't have to like all the same stuff that we like. It's fine. But don't dismiss it or don't dismiss the people who do like it as if, there's something wrong with them for liking it. You know, there's like a society, there, there used to be more than there is now, but there used to be a, a societal thing where like, if you like sports and if you like this, then that's cool and normal and, and you're one of the rest of everybody. But if you like what, comic books? If you like, how, how come you like this stuff? Like, how can a grown person like this stuff as they go and see Ghostbusters for like five straight times? So maybe you don't want to cosplay. Maybe you, you know, maybe you don't want to like, Wear a Superman shirt. But, okay, fine. But if you've ever put on a sports jersey or painted your face and gone to a football game, then you can't make fun of anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) It's just different fandoms for different things. Guilty of all. I have have more jerseys, actually, than I have cosplays, personally. That's the thing. So it's okay. Everybody can like what they like. And that's one thing I've liked about, you know, the last 10 years since Fanex started. It's a lot more publicly here in Salt Lake, partly because of the reputation. And, you know, I remember when the first Fanex happened and they had to turn people away because it was so full 10 years ago. I wouldn't go because I was too embarrassed. Yeah, me too. too embarrassed and we can wait to get lunch because if we left, we couldn't get back in. So it started, but there were people that were surprised when they saw, wait, how many people showed up for Fanex? Why? And that perception is changing. Not maybe as fast as I'd like, but it has made leaps and bounds in the last 10 years. And the number of people who come to Fanex, and I, you know, I saw yesterday, I saw somebody, they had to be in their late 60s. 
Had to be. I love And it. they were fully cosplayed as like a prince and a princess or a king and a queen. Oh, it was I saw that. It was awesome. So Weren't they? I saw it. It was so cute. All the princesses, uh, mm-hmm. the older gentleman was going to all the princesses. I was like, oh, so cute. <laughs> you love that. So I'm Kellyanne. I'm a producer at KSL. I'm Andy's producer for Fan Effect and his co-host. Um, what I love what you just said is, so in my job as a producer, I sometimes get to work with people like Sherry Do, uh, Desert Management Corporation people, things like that. And one time she was co hosting one of the podcasts as I was on and um, she was on sports and she was so excited. I'm like, only sports I knew was Quidditch. And she looked at me <laughs> like I was crazy and she said, what do you do with your time? Comics, movies, television, I love entertainment. Um, so I'm Killian Halverson. I co-host and produce this this uh, podcast and my mom... And cosplaying as a Twilight Jedi. I'm, I'm a Twilight Jedi. I've had these noodles, my tw- my Lacous for years and this is the first time I've been confident enough to wear them. So- <laughs> So happy. <laughs> it's green. I'm a good, I'm a goodie. <laughs> it lights up. Awesome. Um, and my motto in life is to be creative, be bold, be inspiring. And a big part of that is sharing joy, including fandoms. Uh, my favorite fandom is probably Disney parks, Disney in general, and DC comics, which makes me happy because I'm sitting next to our resident DC superhero fan at KSL, Don Brinkerhoff. So I'm Don Brinkerhoff. I'm a reporter and editor. I've been with KSL for 23 years, almost 24 years now that uh, I've been doing that. I am known as Superman, and that's kind of what kicked off the fight yesterday <laughs> about fandoms. Is, is John did a story about FanX on KSL Radio in the morning. One of those, I did talk to the host afterwards. He was just kind of trying to take the one side to kind of play it up a little bit on the air to make to have some fun. He, he, he's a huge fan. Tim Hughes is a huge Disney fan, but he's not to cosplay level. And so that was kind of where he was like, uh, I just don't know if I could cosplay it. And then his co-host, Amanda, who's a huge Star Trek fan, who's actually here at FanX to meet Michael Doran this year. This is her first time coming. Oh, oh. so happy. She has to go to yeah. yeah, and so she was like, well, it's okay. I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on this. <laughs> and, it was, <laughs> and then I was at home, and so I, I told the producer, I was like, you pop me up right now. <laughs> and I was like, Tim, you're wrong, Tim. So what had happened is I talked to a guy who was cosplaying as Lex Luthor. And I, I walked up and I said, I don't normally talk to people that are holding kryptonite because he had a shard of kryptonite in his hand. And I said, because I am Superman. And that's what kicked it off is this guy, this guy would not leave character. Um, I talked to him for like five minutes and he was in character the whole time being Lex Luthor. And, you know, Grandpa Lex said and da da da, or Grandpa Luthor said and just things. Anyway, and so that's what tip, tipped off the thing. Uh, my big fandoms, um, I am the Superman fan. Um, DC in general, uh, pretty much any time there's a DC, new, new DC movie or something happens, DC, I end up, uh, think, I, I actually enjoy it. I get to, I go on the air with the movie, movie show. Um, one of the nice things is Andy is pretty good about getting me in when, uh, there's a new DC movie. He's like, Hey, come see the preview so we can talk about it on Friday. Okay, <laughs> I guess. Sacrifice. Me and him did a deep dive into the Flash movie. It was like the funnest thing for me because he knew what he was talking about. And uh, and then, but I'm also a very big Lord of the Rings fan. I I read the Lord of the Rings when I was eight, and so fantasy adventure. I've played D and D since I was in my preteen years, and. I read Conan when I was, I don't know, 11, 12. So I'm kind of like Andy. I'm into, I actually enjoy all of them. Um, I, my, I have a brother-in-law who's a huge uh, Marvel fan and he and I get into wonderful, wonderful warm discussions <laughs> about who would win if so-and-so fought so-and-so. And so that's I mean, part that's of the fun of fandom. Really it is. Now I, Don is, uh, it's hard for Don, you know, like to brag about all this stuff. So I'm going to brag for him about all this stuff. What's your license plate? Kal-El. <laughs> <laughs> what is your son's name? Cal Don. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cal, son of Don. Cal, son of Don. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I, when I first met Don, I don't think... Maybe there's a day that's gone by where he hasn't worn some Superman article, but I don't think he has. And at this point, I think it's now like a tradition. Like, I know break it. Well, my my uh, station badge is on a Superman lanyard, so. 
Well, even your notification on your phone. I know when you're in your bikes, I hear <laughs> the 1970s uh, Superman. Yeah, so most of my most of the notifications on my phone have some Superman reference. My ringtone is the theme song from Smallville. Somebody save me. <laughs> yes, it is known throughout the newsroom that John's phone is going off because you hear that song. So I think we can say Phantom's changed. Now, here's the ironic yeah. thing is I'm the one that's hosting the Smallville panel today, and it should be Don. <laughs> I, I, Although we can't talk about Smallville, so that's yeah. good. I would, I would give my IT, my both of my canines to host that panel. Oh, yeah. okay. Now, the last time that this uh, Michael Rosenbaum was here, he actually went down into the audience, and uh, this was in the Grand Ballroom, wasn't it? Yeah, in the Grand Ballroom during his uh, celebrity panel. And Don was in his half-Superman, half-Clark Kent outfit, and he came down, sat with him for part of his panel, and was talking. Don was up on the big screen. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, so he was, he was literally hiding from the camera behind me. Um, there's a, there's a great shot. If you go look at their promotional material, uh, like Phoenix promotional material, you will see Michael Rosenbaum. And he was, he was, um, his hair was really short. I don't think he was bald, but you'll see Michael Rosenbaum, Lex Luthor sliding out from behind <laughs> Clark Kent as he's partially, you know, his shirts exposed. Um, the funny thing, I was sitting next to my son who, <laughs> betrayed me and is a Spider-Man fan. Good for him. Good for him. That is not a betrayal. There's room for everyone. Speaking of, of Spider-Man fans, maybe we should get to some of the canon events. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. But I did want to say, I, we have this chance, we're up here, we're panelists, we're having fun. What is the nerdiest moment of your life of something that you've done that is the nerdiest thing you've ever done? This. I'll start while you think about it. <laughs> For my wedding rehearsal dinner... I opened up all of my Star Wars toys, and they were the centerpieces at the tables. <laughs> so, and here's the funny thing. I was worried that the kids were going to play with the toys. It was all the people my age that were playing with the toys at the centerpieces at the dinner table. So, first of all, I have an incredibly understanding and loving wife who didn't mind that her wedding rehearsal dinner had Star Wars toys at the center of the tables. We had, like, an inflatable Yoda head balloon. Like, it was a Star Wars-themed wedding dinner the night before we got married. And uh, that is the nerdiest thing I've ever done in my life so far. All right, that. Uh, um, if, if you guys have an answer already, I'm, I'm still brainstorming a little bit. All right. So for the uh, – and I've done this. I did this twice. Um, for the countdown to the, re or the new releases, so episode one of Star Wars um, – I bought all of the little things from Sonic, the little squish toys. I have them all. I have all of the cans from Pepsi and Mountain Dew and I mean every single oh, one. I remember all of those. Yeah. I have every single one of them. And my the, Did you get the drink toppers that like Pizza Hut and Taco Bell yes. did? Oh, I did. I have the boxes from Pizza Hut. I have all of the boxes from Pizza Hut. That's awesome. Um and then for, and then my front, the front window of my house was completely Star Wars out. I did the same thing for. I was married at the time, by the way. And had my wife allowed me to do this. She's, she's wonderful as well. No, he still is. <laughs> um, she, she's, she's wonderful and, and, uh, 
So my entire front window was Star Wars stuff. For Superman Returns, I went even further. I had uh, you completely covered my front windows with a countdown that I changed every day to the coming out of Superman Returns. Wow. And then he worked that night as a reporter because he was working overnight. So they sent him out to see the preview of Superman Returns, or at least when it opened the night. Midnight. Because I saw you at it right after we had watched the midnight screening. And I was like, so, Don, what did you think of it? And he holds his hand out and it's shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. I loved Superman Returns. There's one problem with that movie. Oh, no. And that was that the director decided to cut the first 30 minutes because Warner Brothers wouldn't allow him to go over three hours and it explained why Superman was off the earth. So the entire explanation of why he wasn't there was gone from the movie. Read the book. It's in there. Interesting. All right, Kellyanne. Um, Dressing I, up as a Twilight at Fanix. This is actually pretty people. big because 10 years ago, my first Fanix, I was just rediscovering myself. I'd hid my nerdiness almost my whole life, although I was like the theater kid and things like that. Um, I was so nervous when I came to my first Fanix. I, I wanted to dress up as Wonder Woman, but no, I can't do that. I'm, I'm a big girl and like I'm a grown up. I'm supposed to be a grown up. So I just have like a tiara and my braces, a red shirt and jeans. And now here I'm sitting here with my Twilight towels on a panel. My job is a semi-professional nerd, and I just, I love that. Like, this is what Fan Effect does to people. We're with our people, we're with our fandoms. So I'm going to say this this moment right here, even though I keep playing with my lacoon, but my noodles, because they're sliding off my ears. Um, <laughs> this moment right here is probably my, my nerdiest thing. Oh, and, and you're all here to witness it. Wow. <laughs> Thursday, she was Mary Marvel and yeah. pulled off one of the best Mary Marvel costumes I've seen. Yes, thanks to her universe and Ashley uh, Eckstein's wonderful brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all right, Natalie, your turn. I, mean, I guess, oh, I've... There's been so many things. Uh, that's why it's been hard to brainstorm. Like Andy said, like I, I was, it took me a while to get out of, like, I always knew I was a nerd, but never really showed it because my I grew up watching Star Trek but my family like never really showed it we were just like we just watched Star Trek in the basement that's how we watch Star Trek um but I think on, honestly the biggest the biggest leap I took in like exposing myself as a nerd really was uh starting all my social media stuff really and it's been awesome though because now people just know me as being a super nerd and then they people like in my neighborhood will see me doing the celebrity panel moderating here at Fanex. They're like, I didn't know you were such a big nerd. I'm like, yeah, I am. I was like, I just, you know, I'm usually, uh, I just never go outside because <laughs> <laughs> I work in my basement all the time, but I'm even at my That room. is where nerds are known to live. But my office is decked out in Funko Pops. I've got Got my Daredevil poster signed by Charlie Cox and Vince D'Onofrio yesterday, uh, and I have, it's just, my office is nerdy, so everyone that comes in my house is like, where's all your nerd stuff? I'm like, let me show you. <laughs> it's all downstairs, all organized. Well, but even though you ditched us at KSL, we, we can't have you leave, because we, we love your nerdiness, and we want you with us. I know. I love my KSL family, and I'm so glad that I still have an attachment to it. Um, but I, yeah, my wedding, too. The garter that come you know, like, under my dress had a... Is that um, where the garter is? That's where the garter Okay. Um, had a pin of Darth Vader and it said, who's your daddy? Nice. <laughs> so that was the nerdy thing at my wedding. I like it. Okay, so one of the, to- the main topic for our show today is canon moments. And uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier about how Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse kind of... Um, kind of prompted that thought. And we talked a little bit about it on our podcast about Across the Spider-Verse, yep. which, by the way, you can listen to on Spotify or KSL Podcast or all the different things. But we wanted to open it up here at Fanex. We wanted to get Don's thoughts on it. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you again uh, what were some canon moments for us. But then that's why we have the mic out. As those of you who are here at the panel, we want to know what are your fandom things. Are we celebrating everybody, not just us? Uh, so... Don, since uh, you've probably been the Superman fan the longest, why don't you start? What was your, what were, what were maybe one or two canon moments where, and this is what we're looking for, where your fan, being a fan of a fandom actually had an influence in your life or something, it can be that, or, or it could be something else. It could be something more serious, like uh, something that happened in your life that's made you who you are today. So there's a bunch. Um, Okay, we're limited to one or two. Uh, I was I was uh, pretty young and reading when the ring wraiths come for um, Fatty, and I'm in my room alone, and it's you know 
like nine o'clock at night. Which book is this? This is in uh, Lord of the Rings. It's in it's in Fellowship of the Rings. Fellowship of the Rings. It okay. was left out of the movie. Um, and I'm sitting here as an eight year old reading this book, and I got scared to death by the ring race. They're going to get fatty. They're going to get fatty. They're going to get fatty. And I literally closed the book. I walked in. And in fact, it was later than that because it was 1030. My parents were watching MASH. I remember when MASH used to run at 1030. And I walked in and I just sat down in the living room. And I just sat there and my parents both looked at me and looked back at their show. And they never, my mom and dad to this day do not know what happened. But that moment made me love literature, love books. I don't get a lot of time to read, but I listen to a lot of, I listen to books now as I'm driving, as I'm going places, I listen to things. Um, the other one, and this is, this is kind of the, the, the big, the biggest canon moment of, of probably, um, first day of kindergarten. Okay. I've been a superhero fan probably since I, since I was born. And, um, so first day of kindergarten, I'm walking onto the playground and I said, where am I going to find someone that wants to play super friends with me? Now this is, that tells you what, what age I am. Yes, the super friends. As long as nobody wanted to play Marvin or the dog, then <laughs> you're good. Um, but yeah, so super friends from the seventies, you know, um, and a kid was behind me said, I'll play with you. And he literally became my best friend, and he and I, in fact, our senior year of high school, so this is the first day of kindergarten, senior year of high school, we had one class that we weren't in together. So that is probably my wow. big, big moment. So when did you decide you were going to be a Superman fan? Like, when, what, was your, what was your canon moment to become as big a Superman fan as you are? Christopher Reeve, period. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Cannot argue with that. All right, Natalie, I'm going to go on you next. Okay, so um, if you've been listening to podcasts and if you're friends, sorry, if you listen to podcasts and you're friends with me, you know I, I'm I'm okay to talk about this now. I might get a little emotional about it, but um, I was hit by a car in May while I was out running, and uh, it's it's changed my life in a lot of ways, and it's been hard, really hard. Um, the recovery has been really hard, and uh, dealing with a lot of things like you wouldn't be able to tell if you met me, but my front teeth are missing. I can't move my wrist as much as it used to. And, um, running is just a huge part of who I am besides my fandoms. And so when I got hit, um, I, it was hard to have to go through physical therapy and surgeries. And I still have a whole year left of, um, oral work that needs to be done to get back, even though I won't ever get back to where I was before. And so, um, this, uh, and so I've also had to start therapy for my PTSD and like, I can't watch a lot of the same movies I used to watch because there's just scenes in them that trigger it and make me tense up and get really nervous and scared. Cause it reminds me of what happened and the sounds and all that situation. And so, um, there was like a few months ago and I, I had just started going through trauma therapy. And so my emotions were high and I was getting depressed because I was, I, it, I was kind of the realization, like, I'm not going to be the same person who I was you know, five months ago. And it wasn't my choice because this gentleman, I can't go into it, but this person hit me with their car. It wasn't my choice. And, uh, so, um, I was, I was talking with some friends and they were all, they were, all of our kids started kindergarten, our first, our firstborns. And so they, they were talking about how nervous they were about their kids starting kindergarten and all these things. And inside of me the whole time I'm thinking like, I don't really want to talk about this because I'm, I'm sad about other things going on at the moment. And uh, my daughter's doing great in kindergarten. And so um, I was, and I thought about to what we were talking about on the fan effect podcast about canon moments. And I was like, I was like, well, if our kids never grow up, they're never going to change. They're never going to have those canon moments, those moments where we have no control over it kind of thing. And so it came to Spider-Man. Um, and I was like, and, and I, I, I did say like Spider-Man, they're not nerds. And I was like, Spider-Man wouldn't have become Spider-Man had he not, lost his uncle Ben. And then I was like, and that, like I said it out loud, but it hit me more than it hit Ben. And I was like, that's right. Like, like I, I, I have to accept that this happened and I have to move forward with it, with what I have kind of thing. And so from like any time now that I felt like 
um, you know, angry or sad about what has happened and what I still have to go through to get back to wherever I was. I was like, this is, this is a canon moment. You have a chance to, um, better yourself, to up-level yourself in so many other ways. And so I decided to start training for a half marathon and I'll be running my fourth one on Thanksgiving day. <laughs> and so that really, I'm a Marvel fan and there's things that Daredevil has done for me too, but that the thought of Spider-Man having to go through a hard moment that he didn't choose to go through. He didn't choose to get bit by Spider. He didn't choose to have his uncle Ben die. And, but he chose to still be a great superhero and to overcome all that. Awesome. Thanks, Natalie. All right, come in. I love that you said that because when we recorded our podcast, our deep dive into Spider-Verse 2, uh, we kind of jokingly said, is, is this going to be a canon event because you had just gotten to the accident? And you're like, well, I'm going to talk about something else. And I love that since that time you've thought about it. And that, that's what fandoms are about. They yep. change you. They change your view. Um, mine, you know, I kind of mentioned how my life kind of went through a change about 10 years ago. And I decided to embrace my nerdiness, embrace my joy, and share my joy. Um, and I, I, around that time was when the Supergirl TV shows had just started. And I was just like, I'm going to watch this. I love DC Comics. I've hated it for years. And now I'm kind of showing it. And um, I was thinking about what do I want to do with my life? What I want to change careers. I want to do these things. Things and I'm so scared. I have anxiety. I have OCD. It's all diagnosed. Why? But I want to share this joy. And in the first season, she's having a conversation. And um, one thing she basically said is, uh, scared is like what you're feeling in the moment, but brave and courage is what you're doing. And I thought, oh my gosh, like fear and bravery are, are two different things. And I can do this. I can apply for the job to to uh, be the producer of the movie show. I can ask for um, a, a, a tour at the, with the executives of the DC Comic Studios. I can go to Fanix and do these different things. And it's okay that I'm feeling afraid as I'm doing it. Because if Supergirl can be have fear and be brave at the same time, so can I. Um, and so I think that is one of my biggest uh, canon fandom crossover moments in my life. Awesome. Thank you, Kellyanne. All right. I'm going to keep my part short because we want to hear from each of you if you're willing to get up to the mic and tell us your fandom moment, uh, canon moment. But for me, there's a couple that come to mind. One for Star Wars. I always liked Star Wars, and I remember you know being so excited to go wait in line through a whole entire screening of Return of the Jedi so I could go see it in the next screening. Um, but it was a little bit later on. I was probably, I don't know, 10, 12-ish age. And I was kind of in that point, like, where I really liked this stuff, and there were no more Star Wars movies, but this was the first time I met an adult who was a massive Star Wars and Star Trek fan. We were talking, like, middle 80s, okay? So there weren't a lot of people that made that kind of stuff known, especially if they were grown-ups. And I remember talking with him, and, and it, was a, it was a friend of mine who lived around the corner, a neighbor family, uh, and his name was Wade. And he, he was, I was like... He said something like, oh, yeah, no, I love Star Wars. I was like, well, I like it, too. He's like, no, I love it. He, I said, yeah, but, you know, I, I got to worry about other things. He goes, no, man, Star Wars fits all parts of your life. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but what about church? He's like, no, there's all kinds of good stuff you can take that applies to the same thing that you're learning at church. And I was like, what? And he's like, look at this. Like, listen to what Yoda says. He's like, luminous beings, are we not just this crude matter? And he goes, all this stuff. I was like, you're right. He does say all those things. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when, and then, and then he gave us a copy of Star Wars that we then watched the tar out of on VHS. <laughs> so that was my first time that I realized you can be a big fan of these things and be a grown up at the same time. So that was awesome. And then I remember the first time the, the Spider-Man '67 series. So I knew who Spider-Man was, and I'd seen Spider-Man on Electric Company. If any of you are old enough to remember Spider-Man on Electric <laughs> Company. Um, so I knew who he was, I knew he had spider powers, I knew generally he was bitten by a radioactive spider, but I was watching the uh, 67 cartoon series when it was on reruns, and it showed his origin story, and I had no idea about his uncle being shot, I had no idea about any of these things, and I almost cried like, it's his own fault, what? <laughs> but that's when I got like a really cool connection to Spider-Man, more so than maybe other superheroes was, you know, and that's what, as I've done the study over the years, that, you know, Stan Lee was going for that, a relatable person to everybody. And, and I, that was what was happening to me. I just didn't know that that was an intentional thing on the part of the writers. And that's part of the reason that, uh, you know, all apologies to Superman, but Spider-Man is the top 
superhero IP, maybe really close, unfortunately, to Batman. I like Batman, don't get me wrong, but I like Superman better than Batman, but that's why Spider-Man, I think, resonates more than than anybody, any other superhero is just sort of that, and that's why a movie like Spider-Verse can happen, because the principles of what makes Spider-Man good, you can apply them to all these different characters across a whole universe of different people, different origins, ethnicities, and all those things. And then they all have, each of them have that canon moment. So that, that for me is what it is. And, um, you know, my kids, I got three of my kids here at the panel today. They know how big of a nerd I am. And I, I've never pushed any particular fandom onto them, but they all have their own. In fact, let's see. Well, I'll have them come on the mic later and tell us what their fandoms are. But... time for us to hear from you we've got a mic here come up tell us your name tell us where you're from and tell us you know tell us what your favorite fandom is and tell us what is your canon moment and if you need to move the mic down you can or up (laughs) okay so my name is Alyssa. uh i'm from highland and i uh, you're cosplaying right now yes yeah Yes, Tinkerbell. Just remember, because this is audio, so we have to tell people what you're... Yeah, I'm, I'm cosplaying as Tinkerbell. Um, I have a lot of fandoms. Um, I'm autistic at eight, and I have ADHD, so that kind of also affects me, and I've had a lot of hyperfixations into certain fandoms over the course of my life, but the one that like stands out to me that I felt like sharing because it's been a huge part of my life, is The Sound of Music. Oh, okay. That's, awesome. That's a good one. Um, I think <laughs> it's just because, like, it's so, like, you know, big. Like, I remember, because, like, I was such a, you know, stubborn baby. I was crying a lot. And, like, when my mom would play it, I remember just, like, calming down and just, like, soothe me. And then, like, as I grew older, like, and I understood it more, a lot of the things like stood out, like I related to Maria, like she has confidence and I'm like, Oh wait, I need to have confidence like her, you know, in order to get through life. And this like the music and stuff. Cause like I'm a musician myself and just like, there's just like so many things from sound and music that have like really changed my life as I've gotten older and it's, you know, shaped who I am. Like, I don't know if I would be myself without the sound of music. <laughs> It sounds so cheesy, but no, not at all. In awesome. fact, if anywhere, this is where it doesn't sound cheesy. Like honestly, like I think you know, like having the sound of music introduced me to Julie Andrews because my mom was like, "Oh yeah, Julie Andrews is in Mary Poppins." And then when the Princess Diaries movies came out, because I'm a '90s baby, a late '90s baby, so <laughs> when the uh, Princess Diaries movies came out, my mom's like, "Oh, Julie Andrews is in them. Let's see him." And I was like, "Okay, let's." watch them, and I'm like, okay, I'm falling in love with these movies. So, you know. What I love about Maria as well is she thought her life was going to go one direction, that God wanted her to go in that one direction. And she was able to recognize, no, it needs to go this direction. And how many times has that happened in our lives? Right, right. Like the mother abbess is like, you know, the Lord will like, like not to get religious. (laughs) She's like, the Lord will like direct you or like basically, you know, whatever you believe in, like, Life will direct you in the way it's supposed to, mm-hmm. like not how you think it's going to go. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And like that's what I've like re- recently like related to, like because I've been like at a crossroads with like my career path and educational path and whatnot. And like I like when I, when I recently watched, it, I'm like, okay, this is making me cry. Please stop. <laughs> but, like you know, like. Because, like, she's in the place, and, like, mm-hmm. I think she didn't realize that she was falling in love with the captain. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what yeah. the mother Abbas was like. She's like, um, you're falling in love with him? Girly, go back to him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Awesome, Alyssa. Yay. All right. Ghostbusters fan. I love it. Love it. Uh, my name is Jason. Uh, the first Ghostbusters on my all-time favorite movie, uh, well, actually, I have two canon moments. Uh, one related to it, it actually came about really after Harold Ramis passed on. I mean, I think maybe when I was much younger and first saw the movie, when my family rented it, maybe I was a little more attached to 
Bill Murray's character, Peter Vangman, but I think over time I realized it was more like Egon Spangler. Okay. Because yeah. I try to be thoughtful and maybe I don't always agree, get along with people, but at the same time I know I try to do the right thing. And I mean, a few years ago, in fact, I came as Egon to FanX, but not as a, I wasn't able to get a jumpsuit in the right size, so I just used an old sport coat and a sweater vest I bought at DI, which I, the latter I still have. It was the Ghostbusters 2 courtroom scene, and I even had oh, nice. a couple other oh, Ghostbusters awesome. fans come and get one a picture with me for Yes! That is awesome. <laughs> and every time I watch the movie, at least once a year, uh, it's the only time I ever eat Twinkies, because I eat one I eat one <laughs> and it's the big Twinkie scene in Ramus's honor. I also really love Groundhog Day, too. My other canon moment was last year, last summer my dad died. And then about a couple months later, in fact, the week of Fanex last year was when Andor premiered on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and I just watched that, and maybe it's just a reminder to keep moving on, because yeah. I saw that was what Cassidy Andor was attempting to do from all the things that went bad in his life. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. A, that's Thank, a, you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's interesting uh, that you say that. I, I interviewed Charlie Hunnam on Zoom last week ahead of FanX, and he talked about when he comes to conventions like this that, because uh, I said, well, what's it like being the person that everybody comes to see? And he said, he goes, you know, it's it's surprisingly emotionally taxing. He goes, you know, people come up to me, and he says, you know, some are there that are just excited. They want to tell me that they love the thing I was in. And he's like, but then there's every once in a while somebody comes up and says, hey, you know, um, my dad passed away last year, and when he was sick, he and I watched Sons of Anarchy together. So thank you for creating something that allowed us to bond. And then he's like, whoa, 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 and then stop. And he's like, tell me about your dad. And so then he goes, but I get home on Monday, and he goes, and I am just so wiped. But, but that's the thing. They, they actually appreciate hearing things like that. My name is David. Sorry, my name is David. I grew up in Salt Lake City, actually, and currently live in Ogden. So I have heard you, Andy, on traffic before. Awesome. I was commuting to, to Salt Lake City. Even sometimes, uh, if we're coming down to Salt Lake City with my family in the evening, I'll turn on traffic and hear, hear your voice. Uh, Don, you have me beat on Lord of the Rings. I read when I was 11. <laughs> I see it, but. I am dressed as a descendant of Barahir. I am wearing the Ring of Barahir. Oh, awesome. Which, I love it. In the film The Lord of the Rings, Aragorn's wearing it. However, in the actual written canon of Tolkien, years before he meets the Thoughts of the Ring, he gave it to Arwen as an engagement ring. Oh. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have not read the books. There's one other canon moment here. Uh, I saw Star Wars when I was set the original film when I was seven years old. I still call it the original. Yes, it is the original. I do occasionally refer to it as a new hope, but to me it's the original Star Wars. And so that year, everyone in everyone in first grade went as a stormtrooper, but mine was homemade. I only bought the mask, and then. My dad, who, who was a woodworker, created a wooden rifle as a prop. And then uh, my mother found some cardboard that was regular cardboard color on one side, white on the other, and was bendable. And so while everyone else's costume was store-bought, mine was actually homemade and a little more sturdy than some of these other guys. Uh, I passed a lot of fandom on to my children. My daughter, when she got married, had a Lord of the Rings themed wedding. I love it. Awesome. I, awesome. And, and Hobbit. Uh, together, a bunch of us came up with quotes, and instead of Star Wars figures on the tables, they were actually the quotes from various, both the books I'm and the books. I love that. I love it. And my son, uh, when he had his wedding, his wife was also a big Star Wars fan. They actually had a Star Wars themed wedding. With the lightsaber arch? No, but they had a duel as just before they left with lightsabers playing <laughs> the Imperial March in the background. And they had me, because she has she had uh my daughter in law has younger kids who are or younger brothers I should say, who are in the five, six year old range. They had me take some of my Star Wars figures that have accumulated all over the years since nineteen seventy seven and use them to keep him occupied and any other kids who were there. Those are the, the, the canon moments you might say, but my ch- children have, have got their own fandoms. 
my, my son who got married also loves Doctor Who. So yeah. basically, my life has been fandom. I, I appreciate fandom. So that's, I can't really, those would be my canon moments, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you for being here on Fan Effect. And I want to see that ring when the panel's over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody else want to join up? I'm going to make my kids come up and just say what their favorite fandom is right now. Zach, you're first. They're all shaking their head like, Dad, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zach, I'll say it then. What is yours? Is it Pokemon? Is it Power Rangers? Because he watched all the Power Rangers. He likes Transformers, too. He's gotten into that this year. Remember what I said? You can be scared and brave at the same time. Look, here. All no, that's all right, Zach. Don't worry about it. Cameron, what's yours? Are you going to come up and say, all right? Oh, we're all nerds. We're all adult nerds. You guys can join. My name is Cameron. I'm Andy's son. Uh, I grew up with all of those. Yes. Marvel, <laughs> Star Wars. You name it. I grew up with it. Peter Parker, Miles Morales. Because you have the Spider-Man now. Andrew Johnson. Oh, and, okay. He likes Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. Andrew, that, that one. Andrew Garfield. That one. Okay. That's he fair. Spider-Man. He can be wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. It's like... All right. But I also know Cameron is a massive Pokemon fan. Yes. And they're excited here. All three of them are excited to hopefully see Christina V, who voices Marinette from uh, Miraculous. And Cameron's hoping to see the voice of Ash Ketchum. Absolutely. I also know they're big psych fans. Sarah's yeah, really I cool. Can. I talked to her on Thursday, so. Oh, her name's Sarah. Yes, Don did get to know All right, Cam, thanks, bud. <laughs> yeah, Cam. All right, we're almost out of time. Does anybody else want to uh, hop up? I guess we do have more time. Oh, no, we are almost out of time. Yeah. Anybody else that uh, hasn't had a chance want to hop up and say what's their fandom or what was the canon moment that shaped uh, wh- what made them f- the fans of what they are? Oh, all right, I love it. I see oh Ms. Marvel coming out. Is that out. her universe? Yeah. I tell you, she has the best outfits. Outfit. Oh so tell us your name. My name is Rena, and this I can't say this is my favorite fandom, but it has done the biggest impact in my life, and that is the Archer TV show. Oh, okay, okay. And who do you identify with? Um, well, hopefully none of them. <laughs> That's a good point. They're That's all terrible point. people, but. Um, when I was pregnant with my first son, I had this long list of like traditional family names from my mother's side, which is all very Italian. And it was like Giovanni, Leonardo, and we were going through all the names. But in the meantime, we were nicknaming him Archer because that's what we were watching at the time. And so when it came the day of his birth, that was all we could call him. So his name is Archer. And then when I got pregnant again a couple years later, we were like, what if we found a name from the same show? And oh. so my second son... Tell me it's Krieger. <laughs> my second son is Conway. So now I have Archer and Conway, and they will never watch the show that they are named after. Uh, yeah. So they're like... If you have a daughter, will it be Lana, Pam? My, my friend Nate named his daughter Lana. Yes. Awesome. She was born like a year after my son, so it was like perfect. So we have... We have the whole, we're trying to get the whole group. So if anybody wants to like... Is pregnant and wants to name a kid from the TV show. We could just get the whole thing. <laughs> so why are you cosplaying Ms. Marvel today? Um, well, I'm calling it the Marvelous Ms. Marvel. The Okay. Yes. I love it. So. You're, you're my friend. You don't know it, but I, I love retro looks. That makes me yeah. so happy. But yeah, this is actually the, the most calm cosplay I've I've done. Yeah. And it feels different. It's bounding. It's a little bit different. It's, it's more casual. different. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. Miss Maisel? Yeah. Marvel Sister. Yeah. Yes. There's another one. <laughs> I love that show. I, oh, she's such an inspiration. She's not real, but she's my girl. Yes. Well, yes. thank you for sharing and joining it. For uh, if there's anybody else, otherwise, uh, we'll. Uh, okay, we got one more. Awesome. Okay. And okay. anyone as well? I have nerds for you, nerds up here. Oh, yes, yes. Grab it. Nerds, we have <laughs> candy on the table. I should have been showing these to you. I should have. And then also, we're going to use these pictures and audio, just so you know. You guys are okay with that for KSL stuff? I get thumbs up. Great. Let's All go. right. All right, sir. All right, tell us your name. My name is... <clears throat> you can move the mic up if you... There you go. My name is Spencer. And um, I think the moment that pulled me into everything Star Wars was the opening scene on episode four, where you ha- you you hear these laser blasts and you see the Tantive Four blockade runner trying to outrun that Star Destroyer. That looks and, so massive. And I love that scene. I love that ship. I finally bought the Lego version a few years ago, and it's awesome. It's 
It's really great. Awesome. Yeah, that is great. Awesome. You know, it's funny that you say that. This is another massively nerdy moment. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to like, with my hand, I would like make the little ship as I close one eye. Oh my God. So it like the sun is That's great. Oh, I never thought of that until you just said <laughs> You still do it, Andy. You don't mind. I do, I do. But is Star Wars your favorite fandom? I think so. Yeah. And who are you cosplaying today? I am just a Renaissance medieval person because I don't have anything else. That's okay. It's, so, it's, it's a great costume. I was going to say Shakespeare. I thought you looked like Well, Shakespeare. I do get into the bard. So there's also a great integration combination of Shakespeare and Star Wars. Um, I have seen oh, yeah. I have Ian seen those. Those. those are wonderful reads. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can get them at the library. All of them have them. They have um, R2 and C-3PO soliloquizing, and it's... It's beautiful. Because fandoms are stuff. awesome and mashing yeah. them up is amazing. Uh, so yes. Now, you talk, you talk about Episode Four or A New Hope or the original Star Wars. Thank you very much. I just call it Star Wars. It drives my kids nuts. <laughs> I love the scene where Luke, uh, it's sunset, and Luke is, is you know, he's kind of sitting there, and you see his potential. They did, the, the filmmakers did such an amazing job of showing the potential of this boy. And John Williams' score at that, at yeah, that scene. That, that, the, the music there, and just the way it, that scene is epic. And I'm weird because my favorite episode is six, is Return of the Jedi, when Luke rejects the Emperor's temptations and throws his lightsaber away and says, no, I am a Jedi like my father before me. That's why fandoms are so powerful. They're, they're, they're such a huge part of our lives. I, oh, they change us. And we're so excited you guys shared with us today how they changed you. And if you guys want to listen to our podcast, Andy's going to tell us a little bit about it. Well, yeah, so we do have to wrap it up because we do have to we can give the room over to somebody else. But thank you to each of you who got up. And yeah, let's give yourselves yes. a hand. Yay. I want to thank our panelists today, Don Brinkerhoff, Kellyanne Halverson, Natalie Molinay, and I'm Andy Farnsworth. And uh, we appreciate it. We hope you listen to us. Uh, thanks for all of you who are just joining us via podcast for listening to this episode. It's a KSL News Radio podcast beyond sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech. We're excited to share with you our knowledge and occasionally arguments on everything pop culture and fandom. We're based in the beautiful Beehive State, and Fan Effect celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, as you heard today, and we're excited to bring you local guests. doesn't get any more local than each of you <laughs> that feel the same way. I'm Andy Farnsworth. Uh, do you have a fun idea for our lo- or a local fan culture topic you'd like to explore with us? Let us know by messaging our Facebook page at Fan Effect Show, where you can also get the latest nerdly updates and join the conversation, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fan Effect Show. It's E-F-F-E-C-T. Thanks for listening, and we hope to have you back real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. Come get nerds. Yes, nerds for nerds. There's stickers. I love sharing the job. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.